0: Bowdy bowdy, Riffers! This is David Sanchez, and this is episode 54 of the Riffs or Die podcast for Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. Before we dive into this great interview, I just want to remind you all that if you want to support the podcast, you can go to riffsordie.com and pick up some merch, or you can go to patreon.com slash riffsordie and subscribe as a patron. Patrons that sign up at the $10 level a month or higher have access to the Zoom hangouts. We do a Zoom hangout live once a month. You guys can pick my brain, ask me anything, and we just shoot the shit and have a good time. So if you want in on that, go to patreoncom die and sign up at the $10 level or higher. This episode is going to be a first for Rifts or Die where there's actually a video component to this episode. So if you want to watch the interview as opposed to just listen, make sure to hit up the Riffs or Die YouTube channel and find this episode and give it a like and a subscribe and all that good stuff. I'm really excited for this episode because I've been learning about real estate and real estate investing for the last month or so. I've had my nose in books and on YouTube and articles and talking with investors and going to meetups and things like this. So I'm really excited about this one because in the last month, I've learned so much about real estate and how it works and how you can get involved investing in it with literally zero of your own money in the game. You heard that right. There are ways that you can buy houses for zero dollars out of your own pocket. The ultimate creative investing strategy would definitely be using other people's money, or OPM, as they call it in the real estate world. In this episode, I interviewed the people behind Heavy Realty. Heavy Realty is a global real estate network that was started by musicians and music lovers, and it's made for musicians and music lovers. The founder of the network is my lovely girlfriend, Juliette Lolliwell, And the first partner in this network is a man named Warren Lee. Warren has teched for a band that you may have heard of called Slayer. I think I said it wrong, actually. I think it's Slayer! That was a little better. So, Warren has teched for all kinds of musicians. He is a guitar player, grew up in the New York hardcore scene, my girlfriend is a longtime music lover and they connected and started this real estate network that is aimed at musicians. So if you're in the music world and you want to start dipping your toes in the world of real estate, there is no better place in the world to go get some information and connect with people of like minds than Heavy Realty. All of the people that are in the network are either musicians Booking agents, guitar, bass, drum techs, band managers, people that own music venues, or people that are hardcore into music. So the people that would be helping you in your little real estate journey here would be the people that you see at concerts. They're the people that work in this industry and love this industry, live and breathe music. So if that sounds good to you, you're definitely going to want to listen to this entire interview. Right here in the beginning, we hear about what it's like teching for Slayer and traveling around the world. And then later in the episode, we start diving into real estate and how we can make that connection between music and real estate and making long-term intergenerational wealth while working with musicians and music world people at the same time. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm really, really stoked to have you guys listen to this, and you might learn a few things, so feel free to take notes or rewind or send this thing to friends and see what they think, because there's a ton of information in here, and I think you guys are going to learn a few good tricks. I think that's enough wind-up for the swing here, so without further ado, I'm going to dive right into the interview here. Here's my conversation with Heavy Realty. Juliet Lolliwell, and Warren Lee. Enjoy.
1: Dave, I, I don't. Have we ever officially met? I feel like we met before, right?
0: Yeah, we met. Um, <clears throat> once upon a time, you guys, you were checking for somebody at the Gothic Theater, and uh, I met you there, but it was very brief. And um, then I met you again at Brutal Assault. Slayer was playing at Brutal Assault, and uh, our bass player, oh, new Johnny. Chicago. In
1: Czech Republic, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah, and was her bass player knew Johnny Araya, and Johnny was like, hey, come over here side stage for Slayer and smoke some weed and have yeah, a beer. Yeah, yeah.
1: That, that was, I think, Obituary played that night, maybe?
0: I think that so. Thing? Obituary
2: yeah. night,
1: I think, are the two bands I remember watching that day, right? So,
0: Yeah, that, that was a good... I love that festival. Yeah, it's a cool festival. That's it's cool one festival. of the best.
2: And David was referring to the gothic that's in Denver.
1: Yeah, it was
2: probably...
1: Man, I want to say it was either Seven Dust or Hatebreed. I think I've only ever been to the gothic with those bands.
0: I think it was Seven Dust then. It was Seven Dust. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I worked that, I a couple of their shows.
1: Yeah, I, I, was fu- I had to set up outside. My workbox was outside. Yeah. That, I remember. <laughs> and then during the show, I had like an area this big to fucking, you know, Seven <laughs> Dust is fucking maniacal, right? They got like eight different tunings. It's fucking ridiculous. So.
0: Yeah, and they always uh, bring in that drum riser that's pre-built with the drums on it.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, that actually tour I did with them was the first tour they ever did with a trailer behind their bus. They usually mm-hmm. have a truck full of shit, you know? Oh, yeah. So it was like kind of their,
0: shoot.
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, I was like, because again, I was the only guitar tech. That was the first time they're like, yeah, we always have, you know, at least two guitar techs. I'm like, yeah, you guys got fucking like 15 guitars out here. Like, you know, and, they, and I don't know if you know about their music, but <clears throat> They, they're, they, uh, all their tunings are open tunings. Like there's not a tuning that like their records are like, Oh, we tune the C or B or E. No, it's open tunings.
0: So it's you like, gotta like, uh, check your cheat sheet to make sure you got the Like eight
1: different tunings that I had to, every time I tuned the guitar, they'd be like, which guitar is this? What tuning is this? Cause you know, if you know music, you could, you know, E, give me one note. All right. I'll figure out the rest of the notes. You know what I mean? Right. C, whatever. But Yo, if it's open tuning, it's like yo. What's the next note? I don't know what they fucking what they choose it to be. You know what I mean? Like so, it was pretty yeah. nuts, right? So
0: yeah, that's funny.
1: Yeah, it was fun working for them, but th- that shit was like yo, you guys, this is too much. Like get another guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you were
0: busy. Get get uh, literally one more guy.
1: Yeah, one more guy, and, <laughs> and we're doing like small clubs. You know what I mean? So it was like holy fuck, dude. That 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 arrangement was terrible.
0: They made you uh, earn it on that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, those guys were um, super cool to work for, right? So um, that made a difference, you know what I mean? So,
0: Oh, that makes all the difference. Yeah, touring, I always say this, touring is hard enough as it is. The last thing anyone needs is for people to be assholes.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, though, you know, just depends, you you know, you deal with how many different personalities, you know, in a band, they're fucking on tour, whatever, there's, 10 different personalities. It's like sometimes people are just not going to get along, you know?
0: Yeah, that's the way it goes. It, <laughs> it, touring, though, is like a more extreme version of a regular work situation because you're in such tight quarters with all these people <laughs> all the time. And well, you barely have a break from anyone.
1: Yeah, at, at work, like, you know, if you're at work, you, you work with a guy you hate. It's like, all right, well, 5 o'clock or whatever time you get off, I, I, I could be done with that guy until tomorrow. Exactly. Uh, oh, it's like yo, the the show ends. Guess what? You hate that guy. You go. You live on the same bus as that dude. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, right under you. <laughs> uh, there's no fucking avoiding it, right? So sometimes it can get fucking a little
0: tense. You know? Yeah, no doubt. That's the name of the game.
1: Uh, uh, <coughs> Julia, have you ever been on tour?
2: I have, but just nothing. Ever, like, nothing huge. I was doing. I've done merch before, but not like on a super large scale. But I've been. I've done merch. For all.
1: You know how it goes, though. Like, you've been out for, like, a couple of days then.
2: For sure. Yeah, it was yeah. a number of days, and it was a van. <laughs> yeah, but it was, yeah.
1: I'm sure after, like, the third day, you were like, what the fuck am I thinking? Like, <laughs> yeah. Get me the fuck out of here, right? Especially <laughs> being a fucking female van full of fucking dudes and not showering but One or guy, whatever. like,
2: listening to Harry Potter, not talking to anybody, and, like, a bunch of people getting drunk in the back. Like, yeah.
1: you just, just kind of in
0: the corner with your headphones on, like, <laughs> yeah. what am I doing with my life?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's fun, though. Yeah. yeah,
0: when when you did that tour in a van, was there a trailer as well, or was all the gear in the well, van? That, that
1: tour? I'm sorry, that tour was a bus. But it no, no, a
0: I'm asking Juliet. Oh, oh, oh,
2: trailer. There's stuff in a trailer behind the van.
0: Okay, that's good
2: because some,
0: some bands do it with all the gear in the vehicle too. I
2: couldn't imagine how because I think we had one, two, three, four. It was five people in the van and I have no idea how the vehicle.
1: You, you could gut out your van and kind of have like a um an area for the gear, and then every, you put like Bunks or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 it's, it's possible.
0: It's
2: definitely it's possible. possible, right?
1: But nowadays you have, you know, there's, there's options like uh there's. I don't know, Davey, if you, if you ever toured in one of those bandwagons.
0: Yeah, bandwagons great.
1: Yeah, so that's like you know, it's not as it's not a van, it's not a bus, but Super it's something simple. that's you know, you it's it's more um it's more comfortable. I'm assuming. Yeah. Than a, I've never done a bandwagon tour, but uh, I'm it, assuming it's more comfortable than a fucking van, right? So, yeah. Um,
0: They don't ride too nice just because it's a box truck frame, you know? Oh, uh, right. When it's parked, like, you sleep like a baby, and it's great. There's a a pisser on there. There's a shower, and everyone's got their own bunk, so it's not so bad. I mean, a
1: shower is, like, one of the most ultimate things to have on on, in your vehicle. Yes. (laughs) The next thing they got to figure out is a shitter, right? So. If you could have a shitter, then you wouldn't fucking wouldn't need hotels or any of that, right? So,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I've always heard that you can just hot bag it. You know, line the yeah. uh, the bowl with a, a plastic bag from a grocery store or whatever. I'm, <laughs> i I've a fucking hot bag
1: many ones. <laughs> <laughs> they're also they're are buses that you can shit on.
0: Yeah, yeah, don't they have like a like a coffee grinder and yeah, the- a
1: grinder. And, uh, uh, there's a system where you, you bleach it out or whatever, you know, it's, I've had buses, but it's like, dude, that's fucking gross, man. Imagine fucking eight people trying to take, you know, taking a shit in that bus all day. And then,
2: uh, uh, I would just be thinking about it too much. Thinking about everybody's shit ground. Stinks. You
1: know what I mean? That thing, if you have a shitter on your bus, it's really for when you're driving or in the middle of the (laughs) night, like if you're parked, if you're parked, Man, go somewhere else and take a shit. Like, you know what I mean? What the fuck? Go find a
0: toilet, man. Jesus, fuck. Yeah, that's emergency use only. Yeah, you
1: know, that's like when you're on that fucking 18-hour drive and there's you don't want to stop, you got a shit. All right, cool. Get it, you get away with it. You know what I
0: mean? But
2: even
1: then, man, oh yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you got people that drink a lot in your band, you might be using that shitter
1: a lot more. <laughs> yeah, probably more to grind up puke than shit, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. it depends, right? It depends what kind of bus you're on.
0: <laughs> yeah for sure um so i wanted to start off by asking you guys about your backgrounds so like you know i'll give an intro for this we can chop this part out or whatever but uh like fill fill people in that don't know who you are on uh your background and uh what what you did before getting into real estate we'll get into that in a minute but fill people in on on what you do who you are where you're from Warren. Oh uh, okay. Um I'm my name's Warren
1: Lee. I basically came out of the New York hardcore scene. That's kind of where I that's my where my roots were. That's where I started going to concerts. Um living in Queens growing up, like concerts were easily accessible. We had one like every weekend. We had CBGBs back then, the matinees, right? So um that's how I got into music. I was playing in bands before that. And then uh I got sort of got into hardcore, started going to hardcore shows, kind of got, you know, thrown into that, like, crowd, right? So um, I played in a hardcore band for a little bit, 25 to Life, uh, for a couple of years, did some touring. And then once I quit the band, I kind of just started going on tour with friends, right? I'd go out with the Madball guys, I'd go out with VOD. And and it was right when uh, VOD, Vision of the sport of New York, they were kind of uh, blowing up or whatever. They just got signed. They were, you know, and they it, it kept me busy. Right. So they kept me on for, I, I stayed with them for probably like two, three years on and off. Right. So yeah. um, I did that. I just started touring. After that, I, I would, you know, picked up gigs with other bands, kept it going. I toured for about 21 years and wow. 16 of them were with Slayer. Band called Slayer, which I'm sure people have. heard. People listening right? to this,
0: yeah. most of them have
1: heard. Yeah, exactly. People listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you guys heard of Slayer. <laughs> but uh, I, I was worked. I worked for them for 16 years, and uh, that's kind of my story, right? So, who are you nutshell. teching for? I teched for. I started out teching for Jeff Hanneman and Tom Araya, and then <laughs> I kind of got moved around. I went. I started stage managing, and then just teching for Tom. And then we were having issues finding somebody for Jeff. So I ended up going back and taking care of Jeff. And then um, at one point they brought Johnny back, Tom's brother. And so I just stayed with Jeff and, and then, uh, and they would float me over to to work for Kerry too. So I I basically worked for all three guys in the band at one point, but I was mainly Jeff and Tom's tech. And then when uh, um, Jeff stopped playing live with the band, when Gary stepped in, I was Gary's tech, Gary Holmes' tech, right? So,
0: rad, super that's, rad. That's super cool. That's a pretty good gig. So I'm sure you've been all over the world numerous times. I've
1: been, yeah, I've been around the world probably about eight or nine times. The only countries I have uh, not gone to are Africa, which is a bum out because I really would yeah. like to go check it out there. For um, sure. And places in the Middle East, mm-hmm. which. Came up once or twice on Slayer's agenda, but always got shot down at the end.
0: Ah, uh, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> uh, gee, I wonder
1: why. I don't know. Okay, You know, like Israel came out every tour site. Like, we're going to Israel. And then finally, after like three or four times of it popping up, some, you know, I think the, the, the term they used was, oh, it's, it's it wasn't uh, deemed to be safe for us to travel there mm. to play a show. Sure. We going there, right. So.
0: Yeah. 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 Definitely.
1: China, we, know we, we, we weren't allowed in China.
0: I can understand that. We played in China one time. We, we were in Beijing for one day. And uh, all I can say about Beijing is it doesn't smell good. And the air is the color of concrete.
1: Yeah, it's really um, polluted there. I've never been to Beijing. I've been to Shanghai. Okay. Um, weird, because I didn't make it to China with Slayer, but I did make it there with Lamb of God. Oh, okay, nice. Interesting. Oh, interesting, right? I don't know. This is like same style, like same, you know, whatever. But Lamb of God was allowed to go, but Slayer wasn't.
0: Weird. Lamb of God was just under the Chinese government's radar, mm-hmm. and Slayer was just above it. I guess so. Yeah. Maybe
2: they think Lamb of God's a Christian band and Slayer's a satanic <laughs> band. They, you know yeah. what? They,
1: they might. I don't know because Austin they do translation. <laughs> because from what I heard, um. The official reason why Slayer couldn't go was because it was of the lyrical content. Sure. They <laughs> had read through the songs, right? Or something, right. you know? I think the song, um, was it Blood Red? That mentions uh, or mentions Tiananmen Square. I see.
2: Okay. And that was, I think
1: that was an issue where they, Flag you know, sh-
2: Yeah, just one, I'm sure. I'm sure that's all it would take would be one song. And they're like, no, none of you.
1: We never, We never got to China. Closest we got Was uh, Singapore And Japan We went to India Really? Yeah They banned the record Christ Illusion They Wasn't sold in India Because of the album cover But wow. somehow We still got to go to India And play a show there So
2: What was that like? India
1: Very strange Yeah I would have It was, it was um, Very different It's a very poor country um, It It makes you feel lucky because you like, thank God I, you know, no offense. I like, thank God I didn't fucking grow up there or like, it's fucking nuts there. Like there's garbage in the streets. There's fucking houses built on like sticks. You know what I mean? It's fucking nuts. And there's a lot of people there.
2: Wow. Right. so I mean, the show was awesome. The
1: experience was awesome going there and, and it was great to go to India but man, I, I fucking, that shit was, it was a fucking crazy experience. Right. So
2: that's
0: amazing. perspective. Yeah. We hit the jackpot. All three of us were very lucky to have been born where we, where we were just by accident of birth We're we're it, very lucky.
1: By chance. Right. So
0: yeah, and, it, it's super lucky. I mean, there's billions of people on this planet and we lucked out.
1: Yeah. And, and huh. you know, they, India, the 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 people, like the promoters and the people working the concert, they, uh, man, they treated us really good. You know, it was a great experience. The show was awesome. Man, some of the catering was some of the best I've ever eaten. Right? You know what I mean? D- Dave, you know how fucking catering can be sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. It's fucking hit or miss, right? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if it's a club show or a festival. It's fucking hit or miss. Dude. You never fucking know, <laughs> right?
0: So, yeah. Here's a baguette and a, and a tomato and some salt and pepper. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: So here's a story for you um, real quick. Yeah. Everyone knows the, the festival in France.
0: Hell- yeah. Hellfest, right? mm-hmm. Hellfest, the best festival I've ever been to. Yeah.
1: It's one of the biggest festivals now. Well, guess what? Slayer played the first year they did that fucking festival. And oh. it was not cool. There was no catering. It was like literally you had fucking dudes in catering in, in, in the catering area just waiting for coffee for like two hours. Oh my god! Close. Like half the bands ended up canceling because the generator blew up, and then it started raining, and they, they they didn't think about that, you know, and didn't build covers, so there was no place to like load in the gear, it was oh fine. god, yeah. I think the only bands that ended up playing were Hatebreed, Machine Head, and Slayer, and um, Slayer didn't load offload our truck until Machine Head started playing. Like Machine Head started the set, it was like okay,
0: we can get our shit off the truck. Holy. Well, it sounds like they've made a couple of improvements.
1: <laughs> oh, it was. Yeah. So now when you go enjoy it because it's fucking awesome now, but the first year was like, oh yeah, you guys got to figure <laughs> the part out. Right. So it was a baby festival back then. So.
2: Wow. That's incredible. Um, uh, David gets this question all the time. People always ask him what like his favorite places that he's been. Do you have one? Do you have a couple?
1: Yeah, that's tough. I'm uh, sure. shit there's just different places for different things it just depends I, mm-hmm. I liked i enjoyed uh touring japan a lot mm-hmm. because japan was one of the most um different places you can go right
2: sure uh, yeah totally go there
1: the culture is different everything's is different you know it's like fucking Times square on a crack you know what i mean right. you land, you're just hitting the face with it's a sensory overload, like the smells, the sounds, the sights. Everything is just like holy shit! Like this is crazy. Where the fuck am I right now? You know, Um, and you know shows are like you're done early. You know what I mean? It's it's actually, oh yeah, yeah. You're done like at the, you're back at the hotel by like ten o'clock. You know? <laughs> yeah, crazy. Like, you know what I mean? And you don't have to leave the hotel till ten o'clock. So it's like wow. You mean I can actually go out and like do shit? You know? Well.
0: Yeah, I remember when we were in Japan, seeing a lot of people at our shows uh, in their business suit, like with their tie on and everything, because right. they must have just got off of work and ran to the show.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, in Japan, uh, after a certain time, there's no public transportation. Oh, right. Right. The trains don't run. Mm-hmm. So in order, if they were to do late shows, a lot of people wouldn't go because they couldn't get home. Sure. So the shows are earlier. So this way, people can go home, can yeah. get make their way home, right? The people that don't drive or whatever, you know?
2: Yeah. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, Japan is rad. Very, very cool place. I've only been there once, but we were there for like nine days and that oh was... Oh, yeah. One. That's that's more
1: than enough time. That's, after nine days, you probably want to get the fuck out of there, man.
0: <laughs> I was enjoying every minute of it, dude. It was awesome. And that's yeah. why I make a big point anytime we're in a new place or even if it's a place I've been. Uh, it very well could be my last time ever being there. So I try to take advantage of that and go and you know, get coffee at some weird place or eat at some weird place or at least go for a walk and yeah. see what's around the venue because I may never go back there.
1: Exactly. And like I don't know about everyone else, but for a dude like me, what like, what the fuck would I ever ever go to Stuttgart, Germany for? I like, <laughs> never in my life would ever Croatia. Why would I ever go to these places? You know what I mean? Exactly. The only reason I ended up in these places is because I toured, right? So Exactly.
0: Same yeah, like I feel that. that super hard. Definitely try to live it up as much as I can when I'm in those weird places. Yeah. I always um, did,
1: I always try to eat the local cuisine and then, you know, go walk around and, and see as much shit as you can, right? So.
0: Yeah. yeah. One thing that I do in a lot of places, especially if I've never been to this country, I'll ask the, the local sound guy or the promoter or something like what is good to eat around here? Or like, what do I need to do around here that I need to what's see? The deal? Yeah.
1: What's you, you know, you live here. I don't, what's, what's going on. What's, what's yeah. good. Absolutely. Always trust the
0: locals. Right. So. Yes. <laughs> In most places. <laughs> yeah.
1: Most places. The more, most of the time, the people at the venue,
0: Yes, you can, you can rely on that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, uh, I, 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 I'm talking to you guys both right now, um, in part to talk about the new venture, Heavy Realty. And uh, a lot of people listening to this might be interested in real estate, in buying homes or selling homes, or maybe becoming an investor. And uh, there's so much, it's such a gigantic ocean of uh, stuff to know. I'm learning a lot about it right now. I'm reading books, watching YouTube videos, uh, reading articles, talking to people. Shit like that, but it, it's such a huge area, a huge world. And I wanted to ask both of you guys, like how and why did you get into real estate?
1: I don't know that. Juliet star first <laughs> okay. better, better story than mine probably, so. <laughs>
2: well, um so um yeah I got involved in real estate mostly when I had my first property um my my father you know was really big on purchasing and just being a homeowner when he moved to America that's something that he always felt he needed to do was own his own home he's always been one to never have debt um so he believed in you know even owning as far as not having a mortgage but he didn't want to like pay anybody rent anything like that so he always owned homes that I grew up in. And then um, he moved away. I was going to college uh, for business and philosophy and then decided to drop out of college and use my college tuition to buy my first house instead and invest in my first company. Um, And really, I mean, that was what kind of started everything, buying my first house. It was now my responsibility. It was something that I was super grateful to have. I no longer had rent. I had nobody to answer to. I had no shared walls. It was amazing. It was life-changing. And that house that I purchased was a fixer upper for sure. Pretty sure the owner died in it, but it was like really, really old needed a ton of work, had like so many layers of wallpaper and I shipped away at it over time. I was young. I was maybe about 24 and I didn't have a ton of capital to work on the house. So I would just uh, do pieces at a time.
1: You your first home at 24. That's impressive.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I bought it at 24 and um it was I got a really good deal on it just because it was an estate sale. The kids were trying to sell the property that you know they had just acquired. And I found it by driving around the neighborhood with my dad because we were just talking about it, like which neighborhoods might work out. I had wanted to buy in the neighborhood I grew up in in Salt Lake City, Utah, but it was far too expensive for me to own. And so I chose the neighborhood right next to it, which is like the Capitol Hill area. Um, and so I bought a house in this neighborhood that I knew was kind of gentrifying. Um, a lot of people were moving into this community. There were a lot of old homes. That, to me, I really liked that charm. I really like eclectic neighborhoods. And this was exactly that. And I found a really cool house, that, the way that it was just sitting um I decided to go for it and for a while I thought I had made a mistake um at certain points because there was (laughs) so much work that needed to be done I was like what I do I was was having one of those like money pit like the movie but not as extreme but internally because I have a high anxiety sometimes and it was just like kind of like you know oh my god like how am I going to take care of literally all these things and it seemed like such a never-ending list of stuff to update. And I wasn't yet viewing it how I view it now. I wasn't seeing it as like this opportunity to rebuild and like do all this stuff. I was like, you know, um, kind of short on cash. But as I got wiser and I met more people and I got more connected and people knew I owned a home, I would talk to more homeowners about what they would do. And I find out tips and tricks on like ways to update this or that. And um, that it became super interesting to kind of just work on it myself. And I something I've always loved doing is, networking and just being kind of resourceful. So I made good relationships with landscapers, with people that would redo the stucco on the outside. And I would find a good deal and a good bid. And it was basically like I was doing project management on my own house for a long period of time. And then when I decided that I wanted to move because I decided, I mean, my first business was a bicycle company. And it wasn't super profitable. And I knew that that wasn't my forever thing. It wasn't like my passion. It was like, this is awesome. I, I like what I do. Don't love what I do because it's half retail and half customer service. But I know that I want to be my own boss. I know that that's my path. And so I just kept thinking about my house and stuff and housing in general. And I decided to move. I decided to move out of state. And so I put my I took a HELOC, Home Equity Line of Credit, out on my house I didn't have enough money to really finish all of the major stuff that needed to be done to it. Took out a home equity line of credit, which I had no idea I could do when I was 24. I could have done it much sooner, but you know, I didn't have like the right people kind of advising me until later. But I took out this home equity line of credit, was able to completely work on my house, fixed it up, put it on the market, and it sold for much over the asking price that I had, and it sold in two days. And right then I was like, that was awesome. I want to do that again and again and again and again. And I knew that that was like something that I just wanted to keep doing. And I wanted to also help other people do just because I personally have felt well, a, wonderful a lot from that. those experiences. Probably, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot from it, a lot from like doing it hands-on. your <laughs> own project, A lot of like learns and like a lot of mistakes made, but you know, certainly things I know now as someone who purchases other properties, absolutely what to look into and look for. And especially as a realtor as well, but it was really, really great to learn from those things. So, but <coughs> I shortly got my real estate license after I moved. I moved from Utah to Hawaii and got my real estate license right away. And I just dove full into it. I did nothing but that. And I had a really, really great mentor that I um, worked for for the first six months. And then I was recruited onto a really solid team. It was a brand new team. Um, I was one of the first members of it, but I felt like it was in the right place for me. It was, again, I felt like I was in a good support system, good well, place it's to It's really grow.
1: important if you're starting out as an agent, for sure.
2: Yeah, that's something that I definitely found.
0: What's important? You mean having a mentor?
1: Just having a good support system. <laughs> Because yeah. you know, for you to go out on your own to try to do real estate, it's going to take you longer than yeah. You know, if you have meanwhile, if you have someone that you could run ideas by or say, hey, look, you know, this is happening while we're in contract. What 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 do I normally do? What nor- is normally done in this situation? You know what I mean? For so, sure. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, I honestly could not agree with you more because exactly that led me to really accelerate my path of like my success or just my path that I'm like currently on and trying to where the place I'm trying to get. I certainly got here a lot faster due to that, due to being around the right people, asking the right questions, but having also like the right mentality that I. I cannot, like I could probably have done it on my own. It just would have taken three times as long, you know, sure. so, super, super, super nice to be with the right people. And, you know, so that, that was a really big deal. Um, and then I just have continued to be invested in real estate mentally just because I understand how great it is for people any, everywhere. And my goal is not necessarily to be a realtor forever. I surely want to be a homeowner and investor and do flipping and do, do things like that for myself. And then of course, help anybody else along the way. So that's really why I'm involved in real estate is to do more like long-term investment. That is like the life path I want and do my own deals and type of stuff. And then, of course, help anybody else that, that wants that. Well,
1: that's the, kind of the point of uh, heavy realty, right? Because this is to help people in the music community that people like, let's say you, when you were 24, you you know, say, hey, you knew if you knew this, you would have did it like this oh instead God. or whatever. Right. It so, so
2: much different. And I would have know. got my real estate license when I was 24. Had I known like, you know, I would have done things a lot differently. Had I, had I had the right network around and the right ability to reach out and the right information, Exposed to me in a way that would have resonated with me in a way that I could really relate to, because that was my problem was like, I thought all of this stuff was so far out of reach. I thought it was impossible. I was like, I'm never going to be this person. I'm never going to be the suit and tie for one in life. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have this type of thing. So I thought it was not possible for me to get any of these things. And even like a HELOC, I was like, I, I can't get a loan. I don't even know what you're talking about. And of course I could, I could figure out a way and I had the right guidance and I had, you know, like it's definitely, and that's what I've learned certainly from my experiences in having my own business as well, that I also at one point in time didn't think was possible is Things are absolutely possible if you surround yourself with the right people and you have the right resources and you're creative enough to really like make something work. Like, I wish I would have known that much sooner, you know. Mm -hmm. So, that is indeed what like heavy realty is kind of all about it's to kind of speak to people that are in similar situations, kind of, you know, people that maybe don't have the the resources or the or think that they're able to the acknowledge the things uh, that they can, yeah. the knowledge, you know, and and really have a voice that's speaking to them that they can hear, if you will. You know, there's a lot of people talking about a lot of things and sometimes you just don't really click until the right person says it to you, right? You're like, oh my God, like I've heard this a thousand yeah. times, but when well, you said that it, it made sense. It, like
1: how I I same thing as Julie, I I bought a home. like, so, oh wow, then I sold the home. And then I bought a co-op, right, or uh, my apartment where I live now, and that's kind of where I got, was like, "Oh man, I, you know what? I, you know, I can, I can. That's what I can do. This, like, this could be all right, you know." And and then uh, I never had a chance to. And My brother had gotten into it, but never got his license because he, the tour, we were always on tour or whatever. And yeah. then during the pandemic, he went, and, you know, finished his courses and got his license. And that's when he was like, "Oh, you should check this out." And I was like, "Awesome!" Yeah, right. Also for, for the music community too, you know, it's um. You know, no one has pay stubs. Everyone's got ten ninety nines, usually, right? I mean, it's once you get pay stubs, but it's it's just a different, you know, type of animal, right? Whereas you know, if you got someone that's you know nine to five, they have they can come up with certain uh, types of paperwork or proof of income and all that easier than let's say a touring person, oh, right? Oh, sure. you know
0: Definitely, that's something that I do want to get into with you guys um, a little bit later. But I would love for you guys to take the opportunity to speak to the people that haven't realized the things that Juliet, you realized when you were in your twenties and Warren that you've realized and things that I'm just starting to realize about how owning or investing in real estate can literally like build wealth that will last multiple lifetimes. Yes. For people that have never considered buying a house because it's a wealth building uh, thing to do. What explanation would you give to someone who who's never thought about it? What why is real estate a good investment? Why should people get involved with
1: it? Because one, you're investing in yourself. That's the most important fact. That whatever real estate you're investing in, yourself as a person, as a long term, you know what I mean. Because at least at the end of the day, you own the place you live in. You know, you're not paying for mortgage. You're not, you know, even if you're paying off a mortgage. That is going towards an end goal. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're renting, you're just paying rent. You could do the math every, you know, do the annual math, like annually, what that money, okay, great. You have a place to live for the year, but if you don't pay the rent next month, you're out. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's a long-term investment. Right? You know, it's a smart it's for me, it's it's a it's a no-brainer. It's a smart thing to do right because uh-huh. you're you're paying now at, at the end you own it maybe you can sell it for more you know um then it's worth right, right? i agree so-
2: it's, it is almost like a no-brainer when you know you really weigh out the pros and cons everybody's got different timelines and different needs of course if renting is for you for now cool makes sense But really, I mean, to own and to pay your mortgage, not somebody else's. And at the end of the day, you have something to show for it, something that you can either sell or leverage, which people don't understand that they can leverage the home that they own, to potentially purchase something else, or if they need to take you know, a HELOC out to do something else and maybe start a business with their right? equity, right. Like, yep. there's ways to leverage your property versus as a renter, you have nothing. You pay okay. someone, you burn your money pretty much. You have a place to live, but in a year after the lease is up, what do you have at the end of the day? Moving. You have moving day. That's it to somewhere else. And it's not yours. And you pay mm-hmm. somebody else's mortgage. Who probably has a couple other properties, and they, you know, so it's just it is indeed. I mean, the the pros and cons of of renting, especially in this day and age, with the way that mortgage rates are. I mean, they're. I don't think they're they're gonna stay super low forever. Um, it's a really good opportunity to really break into purchasing now, even though people say you know there's a lot of worries about buying now and what that looks like. But you will likely regret. If you, if you'll likely regret it in a year if you didn't do it now. Now you've wasted another, what, like $30,000 on rent or whatever it may be, you know? And that parents. could have been in your mortgage yeah. and is now burnt and is not, you've just burnt $30,000 in my opinion, you know, so... So that's, that's, that's one thing. And then, you know, you don't have to hold on to that property forever. If you happen to purchase something that then, you know, gains value in two years, do capital gains tax or whatever, you can sell it and maybe move into something bigger. You can just like, you know, step up. There's so many ways to, yes, David, like build generational wealth through real estate and ways to really just like free up your life and time by investing in something that's going to be like, Working for you financially. Instead of you always working for your money, you have your money working for you. And so that is a huge thing.
0: And so I just want to back it up a tiny bit because some people listening to this might not understand what a HELOC is a home equity line of credit. And my understanding, and you can expand on this, but my understanding is essentially if you own a house, your house is acting as the bank. Yes. You don't need to go to the bank to pull out a loan. You can pull out a I loan know. against a portion of what you uh, already have paid off and invested in your house.
2: Yep. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, that's exactly So
0: you become the bank. You don't have to go to the bank to get a loan anymore if you own property and you have some equity in the property.
1: That's, again, that's the point of the long-term investment of buying, right? That's right. your investment in yourself. You know, right. your Yeah, suit. you
0: become the banker.
1: Mm-hmm. exactly so it's you know you own it so there's what whatever you want to do with it you can you know if you need it equity you could do something like that refinance the home and you know put it back into the home and make it nicer Then sell it for even more than what you bought it for right so there's so many options so many different um <clears throat> ways to go about it right so mm-hmm. yeah. either way it's you're secure it's an investment you mm-hmm. know as long as you stay on top of it then it's going to go it's not going to, you know, it's not, it's not going to decrease
0: in value.
2: Sure. Right. I mean, and in the other-
0: here and there, but I think in the long term, you're a hundred percent right.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, again, the, the
1: market will dictate what, you know, but if, again, if you're moving somewhere and you live there for 10 years and then, you know, you want, you decide to uh, you need to move or decide you want to sell the house. Then you can see how the market dictates. Maybe it doesn't make sense to sell your house at the moment, you know, wait another year, wait till the market, you know, you're in a different phase of the market, right? So the markets changes. you know, every day. It's, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: it's very, and and something to also think about is not necessarily, I'm not also trying to say that I'm trying to force people to strictly only buy because what, and buy and, and necessarily not rent because what some people do, I've done this before, is you rent out, you, you live in your property and you rent it out, but you still purchase another property and you own you know, a property, maybe even in another state and you rent that out and that rent you know, pays for that mortgage of that home and that equity builds over time and then that the value also increases over time and now you can sell that property for something else or you can leverage that rental property To buy a second rental property because you can provide projected rental income from that one to continue to buy more doors. Doors is what we call it in real estate is more properties or, you know, if you will. But um, that is also something that people can do if they're like, oh, but I love my rental space or their situation is super snug and great location. And maybe they can't buy in their marketplace. I live in Hawaii half of the time, and a lot of people can't afford to buy here, so they rent here and buy rentals elsewhere. I have clients that have purchased three, four duplexes in Indiana because that would equal one, maybe two bedroom studio. I'm joking, but that would equal one house here. Um, you know, they buy multiple properties out there that they rent and they do cash flow, and then they're able to leverage that and do tons of stuff and build yep. build wealth through that without you know. So that that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, that's one of the big things I've been learning about recently that's super intriguing and probably will be for people listening that don't know anything about it. But if you can save up your money and there's creative ways to finance a home as well, uh, people listening should look into that. But if you own a property, let's say you don't even have to live in it, you can put a renter in there, a tenant in there, and they could pay for the mortgage, so the the house is costing you nothing every month, and then you are charging enough in rent that you are getting to pocket a few hundred or maybe even thousands of dollars every month. And uh, this is something it should click with people. Often, rent costs more than a mortgage payment. So when you're renting a home from someone or renting a, a condo or whatever, often you're paying more than what the owner is paying to own that house. Absolutely. If you can save up mortgage, you know, right. Yeah. Mortgage is normally less than rent. So if someone can save up, I don't see any great reason why you wouldn't want to own your own property instead of renting someone else's because it's going to literally cost you less money. And at the end of the day, you own a house. Uh, So you have your own Funds, you have your own uh, thing to, to leverage for other, uh, other stuff, you become the bank. But um, for someone that's renting and they don't have the funds to buy their own place, what would you guys suggest is a good starting place for someone to start getting that ball rolling toward home ownership? <clears throat>
2: Well, there's certain loan programs for first-time home buyers. It depends in each state what you can qualify for. In Hawaii, they've got specific ones. You have to have a specific income, um, and then you can qualify for a zero to three percent down payment instead of a traditional ten to twenty, depending on the loan. You hear um, that,
0: people? Zero to three percent. Even yeah. at three percent on the high end, that money oh. that they're giving you is almost free. It's Colorado. almost free money.
2: Yeah. Colorado has that. First-time homebuyers, 3%. And yeah. there's awesome, awesome w- abilities to purchase properties. FHA loans, there's going to be other programs, but for first-time home buyers, there's specific programs that you can look into for your state, whichever place that you live. That's one option. Obviously, if you're military, like in VA home loan benefits, they have 0% down that they have to do. It's fantastic. If you are a veteran and you are not a homeowner or renting, that is absurd because you absolutely must take care. I mean, take advantage of the VA home loan benefits. You have the ability to purchase a house with zero money down period. There are certain qualifications. Of course, you have to live in the home for a year, and but then you can move out and use it as a rental property. I help people do that all the time. But if you're a veteran by any means and not a, a homeowner, you absolutely need to get your shit together and look into that because because that's it's just ridiculous. When I hear people, I'm like, you're not using that. Like, why would you go conventional? Why on earth would you do that? So, so that's another thing. Other ways to really, you know, get more. I mean, David, as you said, like creative financing. There's certainly ways to get creative, like private lenders. You know, if you have the ability to get a private lender and kind of work out a deal with them, and they become your bank, that's one way. There's also seller financing. Um, um, financing
0: you know, would probably be appealing to a lot of people that rent.
2: Seller financing. Sell. Do
0: you mean that to people who have no clue what seller financing means.
2: Seller financing is going to be like basically where you pr- you're purchasing the property from the seller, and the seller works as the lender. So they're going to have you know specific terms that you both agree upon, but they become the bank. The seller. The seller moves out. You move in, and you pay them. Um, the mortgage, basically the, the, uh, the, agreed upon thing. And if you miss payments, it's also very protective for sellers. If you miss a payment, they just get their house back real easy. You don't have to go through all the foreclosure bullshit, all of that stuff. You know, it's still not great, but at least the seller just gets their property back. So sometimes sellers are super inclined to do that. So, you know, it'll, it never hurts to ask if they are open to that.
0: Yeah. I do want to cut in here just because something that i read in a book recently yeah. um, about real estate investing. Some people might be scratching their heads right now wondering, well, why the hell would a seller want to just get monthly income from this person that's buying their house instead of getting a big, huge payment? You Mm -hmm. know, what's the point of selling your house if you're going to do it little by little instead of one lump sum?
2: Right.
0: And the answer to that, from what I understand, is some sellers don't need that big fat stack of cash Right. right away. They would rather just get it over the next 15, 20, 30 years from you. That way they know they've got $3,000 or $1,200 coming in every month for the next 20, 30 years. And uh, another thing that would make a seller not want to do the whole thing in one lump sum and and opt for seller financing is if you sell your house for $300,000, you have to pay your taxes
2: exactly. on
0: that $300,000 uh, sale.
2: Yeah. It's a yeah.
0: big, fat tax bill. Yeah, So a lot of sellers would like to avoid that and would rather just be getting an extra grand or two grand or whatever coming in every month. So seller financing is a great option, I think, for people that are currently renting and don't understand how they can get into a, a home of their own.
2: Yeah, Really, really good option. And I think they also call what is it? Um, rent to own type of thing. Weren't we talking oh, about rent-to-own. yeah, lease option? Yeah, yeah. yeah. New York. I think it's called
1: rent to own. So
2: yeah, okay. I don't have a lot of that over here, but I think yeah. Um, do you have a lot of that over there, Warren?
1: Um, not, I haven't come across it a lot. It's mostly um, a lot of most of the sales here in New York are, are you know just standard purchase, right? right. Standard sales. You know yeah. what I mean? Either through yeah. mortgage or cash. Of course, right? so, yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: when it, when it comes to, uh, to I know. Point, right?
0: yeah. so. <laughs> so for anyone listening that doesn't understand what rent to own or a lease option, same thing. What, what I understand that is, is you basically sign an agreement to lease no different than you're renting from the seller, but you have something, some sort of clause cooked in there. Like in the next five years, I have the option to buy this house from you for this specific amount. And that option might work really well for someone that maybe just started at a new job. Um, Maybe they had shitty income before so they couldn't get a traditional loan, but they know they're gonna have great income for the next like five years. So a good option for someone like that is a rent to own or or a lease option because you, you can basically rent it from the person until you're ready to get a traditional loan, and you can sign that paperwork, give the seller uh, what he wants, the landlord what he wants, and boom, that's your house.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a super, super great plan for people who maybe have, you know, if you're coming from the music industry or something, and you do have a new job, and it requires two years to really show people <coughs> income that will really work for that person. <laughs> do a rent to own for two years, rent it for two years, start paying on that property for those two years. And then by the time your loan is all good and you clear up, that's when you can boom, make the purchase and and buy that. And now it's yours. And now you own a home.
0: Yeah. And, And another great thing about that lease option or rent to own option is when that paperwork gets signed, you have the option to buy it for let's say five years. But what that really means is the seller cannot sell it to someone else mm-hmm. while you're in there. So oh, if yeah. you're saving up your money for five years and you're planning on selling, uh, buying the home from the homeowner on year four, they can't go and sell it and kick you out of the house.
1: Yeah. That's all in, in the, in the contract and everything right. Yeah. Right. And then also to go back a little bit too, if you're, you know, another thing, if you're thinking about purchasing or investing work on your credit, make yes. sure your credit is clean and good because that will help you get a lower rate on your loan
0: mm-hmm.
1: right so that totally. can only help, right so it's you know work on your credit it's that's a, a huge thing. part of it. yes that's a yeah. big people forget that you know they think about doing this that if you have low credit at this point what you should work on is building your credit first.
2: That yeah. is absolutely correct. Yeah. And that really is one of the first things. I'm glad you brought it up that way. Cause that is the first thing you need to know. You need to know mm-hmm. what your credit score is. I think, I think, like, early on to meeting David again, like, a couple years ago, I asked him what his credit score was just because I feel like it's so important with homeownership. He was, like, so turned off that I, like, asked him what his credit score was. But it's because it's, like, it's important. And I brought it up because I know what it's like to have bad credit. I wasn't trying to judge him. It's just, like, you know, because I know the value of, like, you know, building your credit. And so I wanted to share this knowledge because I know how important that is to build your credit, you know? I, myself, have gone from, you know, I had bad credit because I didn't use credit cards. Cards, which is stupid that this country makes you, like is punishes you for that, but it's a thing. If you don't have or use credit cards and have no debts and you've done all this good work by not doing a credit card, you're gonna have shit credit. So you need to get a credit card. And if you just have one, that's probably not enough. I've learned that. I had one, it wasn't enough. So now I have like four or five, and I use them all very intelligently in certain ways. You can look at like Nerd Wallet or whatever. There's like a bunch of good websites that are helpful. I, I use that one. Um,
1: If you have a car payment, that counts towards your credit too.
2: Yeah, car payments. Exactly.
0: Instead of buying a car fully cash, even if you can, you should probably pay for half of it cash and finance the rest just to build your credit.
2: Right. Yeah, if
1: you have have low credit, that's an excellent way to build your credit. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: that's super, super true. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, there's a lot of ways.
1: If you're trying to build your credit and you have low credit at the moment, Get see get your credit high enough where you can at least get a credit card.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like yeah. even if the credit limit on it is the spending limit on it is 200 bucks, whatever. Yeah. Make sure you pay that fucking thing off. You know, pay <laughs> off time. Off like off that's, time. that's half of it, getting the card. The yeah. second part, which is more important, is pay your shit on time.
2: Yeah. That's what
1: it ends up coming down to. You know what I mean?
2: Totally. Totally. Pay it on time. That is is really, really important. And there are a lot of card options now for people that have low, low credit. So you can really start off with something like that. But yeah absolutely that's that's the biggest thing and i know that there's also lenders out there that will be happy to talk to anybody um to to really give them a credit building plan i work with a number of lenders that work with buyers that i have that aren't ready yet because their credit score score, score is too low so they've got to wait a year or two until it's better usually it's just a year and there's just some work that you have to do and some things that you need to get another card pay it off get a get a car with a you know do it that way or um um, you know, really call the credit bureau and try to get some stuff removed. Like that's a pain in the ass, but you know, it's definitely something that helps over time and indeed having the right credit score is certainly going to help. Yeah.
0: I thought of something that, uh, a lot of people listening to this are probably musicians and one, another way that just dawned on me that you could build your credit is by going on like guitar centers website or Sweetwater's website or musician's friend or wherever you buy guitars or amps or strings or picks or whatever, you can always, uh, often they are offering 0% interest for, you know, two years if you buy a Gibson guitar this month or whatever. Even if you've got the cash to buy it, it's not a bad idea to That's just true. take them up That's on their 0% financing. Yeah. It will cost yep. you nothing. Zero financing and your then then you're paying zero
1: more. Exactly. You're Exactly.
0: Yeah, so you're not you paying know, you any just- extra to use their credit system, but you yeah. will get something out of it, which is building your own credit, which, uh, as you said, Warren, um, later can make it to where you, you get a lower interest rate on like a mortgage, yeah. and which literally saves you money. So th- th- that's a good way to buy a guitar and make money doing
2: it. That's yeah. so. Yeah, or that amp
1: you always wanted, right? Might as well yeah. finance it, you know? Yeah, it's and some of
0: actually. this shit, dude, I'm still making payments on some of my, some of my studio gear. Uh, yes, because sure. they were offering like 0% financing for like four years or something. So I just took them up on that. I, I pay it every month. It's, it's a reasonable, small payment. But I just make that payment on time every month. I'm building my credit. It costs me nothing extra. Yep. And instead of me having to cough up six grand that, that day, I was able to spread it out over four years or whatever.
1: Yeah. And that's, wow. Again, if, if you had to sell it out at that that day, the six grand, you might not have been able to buy it or
0: afford it at all, right? Oh, so, 100%. That's why I did it. I couldn't yeah, have gotten here exactly. if I so, had to pay out of pocket.
1: Yeah. Wow. So again, you know, if you think you can't own a home, let's, you know, give someone a call at Heavy Realty. We can explain all this stuff to you. Like, and hey, maybe you are able to buy a home, right? You just don't know how it works. Definitely. A hundred
0: percent. Yeah. And um, I I feel like people that don't know anything about this stuff are probably getting a pretty good crash course, but can you guys explain some of the other benefits of what Heavy Realty uh, does and explain what Heavy Realty is? Because we haven't really dove too much into that specifically. We've talked about the real estate world as a whole, but Heavy Realty specifically, what does it do? What is it for? How can it help people?
2: Okay, I'll talk a little bit and then I'll have Warren um, kind of go into it as well. Uh, but Heavy Realty is a global real estate network uh, that we have kind of started over uh, the course of like the last six months. And it is a network that is basically built by realtors that are affiliated with the music industry to really just help a lot of people invest, buy, sell uh, real estate nationwide and really worldwide, because this network is really going to grow to something that's going to be around the globe. But what it is, is a community of support, of education. Really, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is help people invest uh, in real estate in some way, shape, or form. And I felt like when, when I brought this idea to Warren when I was talking to you, David, about it, when I've talked to some people about it, I felt like, people in the music industry weren't really getting the right message that they could indeed invest and afford something and really build generational wealth. I had a number of friends that were you know, no longer able to go on tour during 2020 and they didn't know what they were going to do for income and all of these things. And to me, I was like, real estate, you can you can get income through real estate. Like, like think about that. Whether you want to be a realtor, that's also something, or an investor or purchase your own place and not pay rent. Now you have your own space for your own recording studio so you don't have to pay somebody else for any of that you can do your own podcast in your own home all of these things just that independence like you said warren was super important for me to want to share i simply wanted to share that message and that's kind of what came, came like at the beginning of heavy realty I was really feeling a need to get this message out to the people that i felt weren't getting spoken to directly and so that's Which kind of where this came is from. the
1: majority of the music community because the music industry, because again, we don't live traditional lives, right? Where, you know, so you you don't think maybe, hey, I don't think this is possible because, you know, I don't have pay stubs or I don't have this, I don't, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is, right? So um, again, it's an opportunity to, to, you know, to help the music industry, like the people in that community where, hey man, if you didn't think you can invest you know, or something you didn't, you know, we're here to help and educate people In that world, because that's both that's where both of us came from, right? Right.
2: And and the people that you know we have in heavy realty, like Warren and his brother and a bunch of other people, um, are from directly from the music industry, whether they are musicians themselves, basic guitar techs, all of those things, like it's you have people that really understand what it's like to be on the road and have that, you know, lifestyle and have that also work history and try to, you know, and they're they're doing something. For themselves by either being an investor, a homeowner, or they're involved in real estate. And so these people, you know, I've purposefully reached out to because I know that they can connect with other people and really help them, you know, find the right place, find the right thing that's going to set them up so that maybe when other musicians do go on tour, they can rent that space out and make some money while they're gone. Who knows? There's just a tremendous amount of options.
0: Yeah. People can just go on tour and Airbnb their house while they're gone. Yeah. If you're if you're a
1: musician or a, a a tech, you know, a lighting guy, a technician, a touring guy, you know, we everyone knows you don't make that much money. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> unless you're in a hugely successful band, right? So um, this is a great way for you to invest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This it's gonna only help help you because you know, look if you know, unless you plan on playing, you know, touring for. 60 years, right? At one point, you're going to get off the road and this is a huge way to help you transition back into the normal world, right? So.
2: And I think, David, I mean, I don't mean to like kind of call you out here, but I think that you're kind of a good example of that, meaning, you know, you obviously are in like a really great band. You've done a lot of touring. You have a lot of stuff and and you weren't like uneducated about the role of real estate whatsoever, but only, but recently you've gotten much more into it because you see like kind of the light of it. You know, I know that you did before, but really starting to dive deep and understand how awesome it is. The, the potential financially, you know, the growth and the, the, the things that that will provide you, you know, in life moving forward has just been, it's really been really cool to talk with you about that as we've been going.
0: Yeah, dude. If you would have asked me some of this stuff like a month ago, I would have had no idea what I'm talking about, but um, there's a book that I'm reading. Hold on. Let me grab this. This book right here is what has completely opened my eyes to uh, what's possible. Nice book. The book on investing in real estate with no and low money down creative strategies for investing in real estate, using other people's money. By Brandon Turner. This guy hosts uh, the Bigger Pockets podcast, which is a real estate investing podcast. And this book, I learned so much stuff every five minutes that I'm reading it.
2: Mm-hmm. That's great. This
0: thing really blew my mind wide open about what is possible, yep. and it, it's literally possible to buy a house using someone else's money. And, there and there again, are creative for, ways to finance it
1: for touring guys and musicians. Man, that's they pro- most. People probably don't think they can do that.
0: No, that's right. Yeah, no, that's don't. what I'm what saying, Warren. This shit blew my mind because yeah. that's a big thing. You mentioned it a minute ago, but it, it's a huge deal. People that are musicians, entertainment industry people, bartenders, waitstaff, gig workers of all kinds have a hard time proving income. Not steady, because, work if right, it's not steady work, right? It's not steady work, right? Yeah, so, we don't. We don't have a W two. We don't have a nine to five that we work 40 hours a week. It's very irregular work. And what what we do is very irregular. And often, um, even if you're not on a 1099 getting paid by somebody, sometimes people want to get paid under the table in cash money. Mm -hmm. And when you go to a bank and try to say, hey, I I want a loan for $300,000 to buy this house. Oh, just believe me. I've got the money. Well, can we see your pay stubs? No, I don't have any of those. But trust me, I make some money. Yeah, They're not going to buy that shit, but through reading this book, I learned that there are people that will buy that shit and and they will uh, loan you the money. Often what you can do is go to what's called a hard money lender or a private lender and get the money from them, buy the house. And then you can put a renter in there and then pay the the hard money lender or private lender back or, uh, you know, what, what happens with that is they'll give you the money, but then if you don't pay them, they'll just take your house yeah. and, and they, they just keep the house. It's not yeah. really yeah. any sweat off of
1: that. wants that to happen, right? So you, you if you do put yourself in a situation like that, I'm pretty sure you're going to make those fucking payments,
0: right? Right. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But I really think musicians listening to this need to look into Heavy Realty and hit you guys up because you guys know a lot about this stuff. And like you said, the whole network is all people that are musicians, bass techs, guitar techs, band managers, um, booking agents, mm-hmm. people like that. And, and some of these people you've probably heard of, some of these people you might not have, but they are connected in the music industry and understand what musicians go through, especially in the touring world. But I, would, I would recommend to everybody listening to this, especially if you're in the touring world, You should check out Heavy Realty. Talk to them because they can help you buy, find, or sell a house or help you learn how to invest. And this book, Investing in Real Estate with No Money Down, I could not recommend this book enough. Um, It it literally, the, the things I know now versus two weeks ago before opening this book is astounding. I, I actually like kind of know what I'm talking about when it comes to real estate stuff. And two weeks ago. Well, you also, not that.
1: A, a, you know, it opened up another, another, uh, an opportunity for you. You know what I mean? 100. Like, so, I mean, why not, man? Like, you know, you're as a, as a, you know, don't have a steady job kind of guy or whatever, as you know, anyone that, like you said, a gig worker, it's not steady, man. Why not? make another part of your life steady, you know, where, Hey, okay. I don't have steady work, but guess what? I know I, I own my place and I'm, I'm, you know, as long as I make the payments, I'm good to go. Right. So.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Or even if you're, like you said earlier, if you're happy renting the place that you're at, you like the place you live in rent that place out. But if you can creatively finance, and this is even easier, if you're not going to live in the place, you can creatively finance and get a loan from a private lender or a hard money lender have them buy the property, and then you put a renter in there who's and paying you in rent up. more than the mortgage payments. Oh, and then, and then, pay then yeah, and then a year later, you refinance the thing after you have some equity and you can prove that you're making money on this property. Then the yeah. bank will give you the loan right. for the place. Absolutely. You get that money, that lump sum from the bank, and then you pay off the hard money lender. Boom. You just got the house with no money out of your own pocket, and it's making you money. Every month. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And and yeah. you guys can help people do that. So people yep. need to go to your website. Yeah. Uh, heavy realty, heavyrealty.com, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's heavyrealty.com. And you can find us on Instagram. Um, but if you just Google it, we're easy to find. But yeah, and Warren, Warren and I can help. Um, we've got a bunch of other people as well. And so it's any state, whatever state that you're in, all 50 of any them. Country.
1: How about that? Any gonna, country.
2: I mean, really country. though. We've got people any that country
1: you yeah. are in we can help you out. We Mm -hmm. can figure it out and help you out.
2: It's absolutely true. You know, you've got connections throughout Europe and as do I, and we've got people in our group who are from Germany. Like all of us are very well connected. We can absolutely help you literally wherever you are. And that's why this is a global real estate network. And this network is built to really help People out there just like yourselves listening, you know, and we're here. I mean, David is a great example of somebody that's coming from the music industry that now completely understands like the genius that is investing in real estate and changing your life and making far more than you thought you could and being valued more than you thought you could. It's really, really life changing. And it's been really cool to see. You know, it's great to see whenever we have other investors that make. Something that they didn't think they could, and they really changed their life around. And now they have something that they can work with for years, generational wealth, and all of that. It's it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, and there's so many different ways that you can make money or make a living out of real estate. You can uh, so rent properties out. You can just buy them and flip them around. You know, you can fix them up, flip them around. Yep. You can wholesale real estate. That's where you basically become an expert deal finder and assign that contract you know you get someone to agree to sell their house for so much you assign the contract to somebody else
2: yeah
0: there are so many ways that you can make money and i think a lot of touring musicians need to hear this especially because uh, let's be honest a lot of us are out of work mm-hmm. a lot of us don't have anything going on sure. right now sure we need to figure out something else to to make a living and maybe not everyone wants to be doing what they're doing right now there are ways um, uh, and a lot of them literally in this book Mm -hmm. I know I'm talking about it a lot, but seriously, this book blew my mind several times. And there are so many ways that you can make money in real estate. And I think that by connecting with you guys at Heavy Realty and your network of people, like you said, in any state or any country, you guys can start pointing people in the right directions to get hooked up with the right people. And as you guys both said in the beginning, it's all about who you know. It's about the people you surround yourself with in the beginning. Because you need a team to be able to grow and, and, and blossom into something great fast. You can yep. do it on your own, but it's going to take you three times longer. Yeah. And really you guys, that's where time. you guys come in. You guys can help people get it done quicker. Totally and it they're, the they're, they're working with their people, they're working with touring musicians and people that get it, not some stuffy banker guy pushing out his glasses and fixing this. Yeah. Here I am at yeah. corporate banking. Yeah, exactly. We we have each other. This is a big family. We have a huge family around the world uh, of music lovers, people that play music and people that are in this industry. And what I really love about heavy realty is that it takes that family and helps everyone scratch each other's back in a way that has not been realized or recognized at any other time that I'm aware of. Yeah. It's it's a new thing. It's a new concept and, and it's really brilliant. And, uh, I I hope more and more people figure out what it is and start utilizing it because it's a beautiful thing and it's a very powerful thing.
2: Yeah, no, thank you. And I think, I think, you know, when it comes to like hiring the right realtor, you know, you really want to be with someone that you obviously like, know and trust. And I think what you were talking about, David, is yes, this is a really technically really big family, you know, and I feel like this is the, the right place for a lot of people to be able to come to and really be understood on so many other levels than just, you know, what they're looking for financially. You know, this is people that are going to understand their needs on a bunch of deeper levels, you know, for sure. I, I can guarantee that. So I'm really here welcome. Yeah, long hair is welcome. That's
1: for sure. <laughs> you, can, you can set a closing date at a concert instead of the lawyer's office, right? How
0: about yeah. that? <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Bring the notary to the yeah, to the green room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, so heavyrealty.com, people can find you guys on Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, I'll give you guys each the floor. Um, is there anything else that you want to say? And Tell people where they can find you.
2: Um, I think the only thing left that I'd like to say is we just kind of scratched the surface. Even though we talked about a ton of stuff, we just kind of scratched the surface on the possibilities of really what what it is to invest and be involved in real estate. That's not just meaning you have to be a realtor, not saying you have to be an investor, but there's so many things that can benefit your life through real estate. And there's so many ways to get it done. I mean, we didn't even talk about all of the other loan programs out there that are available. There are so many other ones. If you're cash heavy and all of these other things we didn't even touch on, we would be happy to connect you with the right lenders, you know, and answer all of your questions that you have, like anytime, anytime.
0: And where is the best place for people to reach out to you guys to pick your brain about different kinds of loans and any other questions they might have?
2: Sure. So we'll website. be doing. This. Oh, sorry. Go the website. Go yeah. Go to the website. <laughs> Just yeah. Go to the website. The website is certainly the best place to go. You know, and and you can uh, email us directly from there, and we can, we'll get in touch with you and really answer all of your questions very quickly.
0: Love it, Warren. Is there anything else that you want to say or tell people? Uh, I mean,
1: Julia pretty much touch, touched on everything, right? So if you know, this is something that if you didn't realize. could do before it's it's you know something that we can probably help you achieve it achieve this goal and for you know people that in this world man it's this is a great idea to invest for long term you know what i mean because Mm -hmm. this Uh will be there right you know what i mean The, the 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 touring might not always be there right so at least you have something to sit back on and fall back on right so
2: totally yeah that's right yeah and
0: i want to stress to everyone listening that these people are here to help. They're not trying to like sell you on some bullshit and uh, you know take your money and run away. They want to genuinely help you. It, it helps them. Uh, it's a win-win-win. Everyone wins when, when you hit up uh, Heavy Realty, and e- everybody wins in that situation. I love yeah, it.
2: and people remember as a buyer, as a buyer's agent, my services are free to you, as is most buyers agents in most states. So as a buyer that's not part of your closing costs so don't be intimidated by that okay something huge.
0: Thing. yeah if you're a buyer it costs you nothing extra Absolutely. to pay that's, the agents in the listen, deal
1: if you're uh, um if you're if your bathroom is leaking you call the plumber right if you got to go to court you hire a lawyer right if you go your teeth hurt you go to a dentist if you buy property hire an agent don't right. think you can do it yourself Yeah. because mm-hmm. you know to hire an agent that's again you but don't especially pay as a buyer. Pays the fee, especially. Yeah. You know why and wouldn't you? It? It's a right. free service, basically.
0: Yeah, it's as bad. a buyer, getting a it's getting a, a real service. is is a free service. Free That's service. right.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Costs you nothing to to get an agent to help you out to try to find a house to buy.
2: Yes. And trust me, you do not want to spend all of the time on the transaction that the realtor does. You do not have time for that. No. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, unless you don't have anything else going on and just can take field calls. You know what I mean? Deal with all this other Most stuff that you can do. You'll go for it. But I'm pretty yeah. sure you, if you're trying to buy a home, you probably have a lot going on and you don't have the time to deal with that. And right. that's why you
0: hire an agent.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: That's,
0: so.
2: Totally. Uh, thank you.
0: Love it. Well, um, I mean, I'm I'm pretty good. If you guys are good, that was yeah. a good talk. I I think that we covered a lot of good stuff in there, and, and yeah. people people may learn a, a few things, and it may get the gears turning in their head, thinking about maybe it's the right time for them to buy a place, or maybe it's the right time for them to keep living wherever they live and and start renting a place to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, buy some shithole, yeah. fix it up a little bit, and put some renters in there.
2: Yeah, make some money
0: for free. Most like there's a little bit of work involved but ultimately you're going to be making money every month for most the rest of your life on that
1: property realize that you know that's that this is man this is a great for especially for touring people it's a great long-term investment
2: yeah you
1: know it's it's for it's for your future you know unless you that's want great. to tour for the next 40 years right you know what i mean eventually you you want to stop at one point right or you you, you do it till you can't anymore you know
0: sure yeah, and the first, I think the first one, getting your first property, obviously, I think is going to be your hardest. Sure. But after that, it, it, I think it would get easier, especially like we talked about HELOCs and stuff. You know, you become the bank, you're in charge yeah. of your own destiny.
2: Yeah, you can leverage your property, which people forget. You can you buy one and you can leverage that one and really do so much. Once you got one, you can really do so much with that. Exactly.
1: It's your property, it's, and it's real
0: property. You can actually touch it. One might even say that it's real estate. Mm. (laughs) I'll I'll show myself out.
2: No, thank you so much for having us on here. I really appreciate it. This has been great. I think I, you know, I just wanted to get the message out there that we are here to help people and hopefully this message is getting out there.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm glad you guys were able to do it. Warren is really nice talking with you face to face on here
1: yeah man it's fucking it's been really cool thanks for having us on um it's been great this is it's fucking great so i hope people again i hope people reach out you know we can get them started man and you could fucking change your whole world man so
2: totally
0: yeah i believe that's right
2: we'll have to do a part two to this where David, once you've like started making some moves in real estate, I'd love to hear you talk about that and what that, you know, your progress in it. Once you're like in, you've done some wholesaling deals, you found some stuff. Like I want people to hear about that because you, again, to me are a very good example of someone that didn't realize the wealth that you could you know accumulate and the possibilities that you could do in real estate. You are like the poster child for the people you know that I'm trying to, to help in this way and really open up the mind to.
0: Yeah, man. Um, seriously, I thought you had to be rich to buy a house, you know?
1: No, you just have to have good credit. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as long as you have good credit, man, you can
0: do
1: it. Straight up. up, man. Because yeah. you got good credit, people will throw money at you, right? Oh, yeah, you want, you know, no problem. Take this, you know? That's true. So,
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: that's a great point.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys
0: there you have it, people. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation. I know I definitely did. I hope you all learned a few things here. And I hope that you guys will reach out to heavyrealty.com for any questions that you may have for them. And maybe you're thinking about buying a house or selling a house or getting invested, hit them up. Heavyrealty.com is the place that you need to go to connect with like minds and discuss how you can become involved in real estate. Like I said, over the last month, I've learned so much stuff about real estate and it really blows my mind how many different ways there are for you to become wealthy in this world. In the description for this episode, I'll have links to the book that I was talking about as well as links to Heavy Realty. So don't be afraid to reach out to them. They're there to help you. And I'm so glad that I could help you guys understand a little bit of what's going on in this world. I know a lot of people listening to this are younger and probably don't have a clue about a lot of this stuff. Well, at least now they might have a clue. But I really didn't know much until just a few weeks ago. The information is out there. It's fairly easy to understand if you're learning it from the right places. But that's why I'm linking you guys to that book and I'm linking you guys to these people. They're musicians. They understand that world, and they could break it down for you and really help you out. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it, and I hope you all have a great rest of the week. I'll talk to you all again very, very soon. Don't forget to go to the website, riffsordie.com, to pick up some merch, and go to patreon.com slash riffsordie if you want to subscribe. Of course, these are things you don't have to do, but you can do if you would like to support the podcast. In any case, I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate you sharing this far and wide. Thanks a lot for your attention. It means a lot. Until next time, friends, take care of each other, take care of yourself, and try to leave the world a little nicer than the way you found it. We're all going to be okay. As they sign off in very proper England, toodle pip!